as this is a podcast and community for high performers, many of us are always trying to get an edge, whether that is through knowing more about the new cutting edge strategies, surrounding ourselves with the right people, or optimizing our health. And while a lot of our members have quit drinking completely already, or at the very least drink very little, drinking alcohol has been the norm for the common folks out there for many, many years. And today's guest is James Swanick, who argues that even just a little drink here or there can make the difference between being average to taking absolute control of your life. And the reason why he makes that point is because he used to be overweight, drinking regularly, even if it's just a drink here or there and on the weekend, and his energy was simply drained. The way he put it into this episode was he just felt blah. It's just this this average, like, you, you, you're not really bad. You're also not really good. You're just average and uh well he made a choice to stop drinking and uh yeah make it make it a clean cut and uh, he ended up quitting alcohol completely went on to become an espn anchor on sports center building a million dollar business as well and being voted one of the top 25 networking experts in 2015 by forbes and in this episode we discuss why drinking alcohol will slowly make you average how to easily deal with peer pressure when you're out with friends or at a party, also how to optimize your sleep to perform better, and how to deal with hair loss, something that's a bit off topic, but it's something that he struggled with for 20 years and finally dealt with and uh, got over with. So that's something that we talk about as well, and I learned a lot in this episode. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about um, quitting alcohol because a lot of guys in our community and myself as well a lot of them have quit alcohol. We don't drink alcohol. And um, then there's also a lot of them that are still on the fence, I would say, that uh, no, they shouldn't be drinking, but you know, it just happens. There's peer pressure that comes in. So why I'd like to start with why did you quit alcohol yourself? Yeah, well, I was just a societally acceptable drinker right up until 2010 when I decided that alcohol was slowing me down. Uh, I wasn't sleeping particularly well. I'd put on some weight. I was irritable, tired, sluggish. And so I just decided to quit for 30 days and to see what would happen. And I felt infinitely better. I'd lost like 13 pounds. Uh, I slept better, had more clarity. I got better looking. Just a warning, you do get better looking when you quit alcohol because all the toxins leave your face and your skin. And, uh, you know, I got my dream job hosting a TV show, Sports Center on ESPN, because I had that clarity from not drinking. And, uh, you know, now I've helped tens of thousands of people around the world quit drinking um, and completely transform their life. But, you know, I was never an alcoholic. And you don't need to be an alcoholic for alcohol to completely destroy your life. I mean, people think the only reason that you would quit is if you're an alcoholic or you've got a problem. But it creeps up on you. When you drink even just a seemingly innocent glass of wine or a couple beers a night or you go out on the weekend and have a few drinks, even if you don't get drunk, that is enough for your sleep to be compromised, for your energy to be compromised, for your clarity and focus and vision and strategy to be compromised, which results in you living life at about a 6 out of 10 compared to your potential. So. You don't need to be an alcoholic. You don't need to be rock bottom in order for you to realize that alcohol is slowing you down and holding you back. That makes a lot of sense. I think I even heard a statistic where it said um, it takes like 
a, a month or even longer to for the alcohol to actually completely leave your body once you actually stop drinking something around there yeah yeah it's about seven to ten days for seven to ten days yeah seven to ten days for the toxins to leave your body and your hair um, actually keep some remnants of alcohol uh, up to 30 days, which is fascinating. Um, but yeah, most of the toxins will, will take seven to 10 days to get out of your system. So if you have a glass of red wine tonight, the toxins are still in your body until past this time next week. Wow. That's interesting. So was there a specific moment for you where you said, okay, that's it. Was it maybe a night where you drank way too much or was it one day where you looked into the mirror and you're like, man, this can't keep going like this. Yeah, it was March 17, 2010. All right, very specific. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, the, I, that was the last time I had a drink. I haven't drunk since then, so I, I know it pretty well. But I was in Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Festival, which is an annual festival there. And uh, I went out on a Friday night. I only had two drinks. There were two Bombay Sapphire gin and tonics, which is from an open bar from this industry party that was going on. I didn't get drunk. I just had my two quiet drinks, got in a taxi, went back to my hotel about 20 minutes north of Austin, went to sleep. Now, when I woke up in the next, when I woke up the next morning, I just didn't feel great. I just felt average. To be honest with you, I just felt blah. I got up, I looked in the mirror, splashed some water on my face, and I looked in the mirror and I had wrinkles. I looked tired, I looked weathered. My a little beard gut had formed and was forming uh, forming over my box of briefs where I, you know, that I'd slept in that night. I could taste the gin on my mouth from the night before, even even though it was only two drinks. And I was just like, oh man, this is like you're not rock bottom, James, but you're just average. You're mediocre. You've got all these dreams and these visions that you want to create and you're not doing it because you're tired and sluggish and drinking this pointless piss all the time. You're not getting drunk, but you're just like having a couple drinks here and there and it's slowing you down. So I go, I went to the, to an IHOP right next door to the hotel. IHOP's like the international house of pancakes. And I go in there to have like a little hangover breakfast, if you like, even though I didn't really have a, that bad of a hangover it was just like irritability and fatigue and just kind of feeling mediocre and i remember just sitting there and i looked across the restaurant and there were these really obese people that are eating all you can eat pancakes with maple syrup and whipped cream and oh i'm looking at the menu here and this ihop and all the menus have photos of the food and the food just looked disgusting and i remember looking out the window of that ihop and i just said to myself you know what james just take a break let's just take a 30 day break from alcohol and see what happens because this feeling is just kind of, and so that's what happened. That was the moment. So I, I committed to not drinking for 30 days. I went out that night, I drank water, I drank water the next night. I figured out how to, how to, to get to 30 days it was a little bit challenging the first seven days. But then after that, I kind of broke the back and it was fairly easy. And at the end of 30 days, I'd lost 13 pounds and, you know, felt terrific and said, I'll just keep on going. And I've, I'm still going. It's now, as we're recording this, it's 2019. I'm still going. Yeah, not planning to quit anytime soon, right? <laughs> uh, or to well, start, stay, start again. Stayed quit. I've stayed quit from drinking now since yeah. 2010. I'm not, I'm not planning on returning to drinking. Yeah, that's what I meant. Any, yeah. Anytime soon. Um, 
you know, for my own health reasons and, and, and my own lifestyle reasons, but also, also because I, you know, now I'm, I'm known around the world for being that no alcohol guy. And, and, you know, I've been able to help and coach tens of thousands of people now to, to quit. So I don't think I'm going back. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, I know that feeling when you look in the mirror and you're like, uh, the way you said it as well, it's like you're average. So it's not rock bottom. Uh, so it's not really, really bad. We're like, okay, I need to change this, but it's just like in that sweet spot. So it's kind of fine, but, um, or it seems fine, but it's still slowing you down. It's getting you that six out of 10, uh, where you could actually be 10 out of 10. So I know that feeling as well. And I think a lot of, a lot of us has have that if we are high achievers, that, that fear of being average. Yeah. Well, average is death to us. You know, it's, it's like, who don't you, who do you never want to meet in your life? It's like yourself 20, 30 years from now. And that person saying, I, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I didn't live the life I, I, I always planned to live. Like that's, that's great. I don't want to meet that person, you know, like, so, you know, some people say, Oh, it's not that bad. You just do moderation, just have drinks on special occasions. Listen, there's nothing special about alcohol. So why even drink on special occasions? Like this is a poison. It is an attractively packaged poison that has been pushed on you and marketed to you by alcohol companies. And its consumption has been nurtured and encouraged for decades by an unsuspecting public and through gross social conditioning, which implies that everything is great about alcohol and it's joyous and it's fun. What a load of crap. And you're talking to someone who drank right up until he was 34 years old. So I drank till I was 34 and I quit when I was 34. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Australia where the drinking culture is rampant. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I was always like, I'm never giving up drinking. I love a beer. I love a red wine. But then you wake up one day and you go, huh, I'm a six out of 10. I'm operating like a six out of 10. And I realize that my drinking is keeping me at that six out of 10. Yeah. It is a painful thought, especially for, for people like us. And, um, were there other moments where you obviously quitting alcohol for me is was was big as well and it's it's that just commitment to excellence in whatever you're doing you don't want to be six out of ten you want to be a ten out of ten or get to as close as possible to that were there any other things where you said okay i need to stop doing this and uh, i want to step it up were there other moments where you're like okay if i keep doing this i'm going to be average if i kept having a couple of glasses of red wine each night at the end of the day to seemingly relieve me of my stress or I kept accepting social invitations from friends. Hey, you want to just meet up for a quick drink? Let's meet up the road at the pub or the bar, have a cup, have a, have a quick drink or two. And when I have the quick drink or two order chicken wings or fries or a burger and fries, if I continue to sleep in a little bit longer in the morning because I'd stayed out just a little bit later the night before and had a couple of drinks, 
And on the way home, stopped off, stopped off at Carl's Jr. Burger and got a burger with fries and a Coke. If I continued to do that, then I wouldn't look the way that I look. I'd be probably 40 pounds overweight. I might be, I wouldn't have created the businesses that I created. I, I definitely wouldn't have hosted Sports Center on ESPN. I wouldn't have attracted the, the beautiful relationships that I've attracted. I wouldn't have been able to do all of these entrepreneurial achievements. But more than just the entrepreneurial achievements, I wouldn't have been able to have been happy. I would have just been like, blah. So, uh, you know, if I kept on going in that what was societally okay, it's okay to have a couple of drinks each night, right? It's okay. It's all right just to have a couple of cheeky drinks at the bar and have some chicken wings and fries sometimes. And I wasn't getting drunk. I wasn't getting arrested. I wasn't doing anything really stupid but I really was doing something stupid. It was like this silent, slow destruction from what we're born with, which is inherently like a nine or a 10 out of 10 in the productivity and efficiency and clarity and focus. So then you allow the poison to come in when it just takes you backwards. Cause naturally we're all peak performers. Naturally that's, that's how we are. But then we let these, this poison come in and just take us back. So, so yeah, if I'd kept on doing that, you, we wouldn't be speaking right now. You wouldn't be interviewing me. <laughs> I'd just be, I'd just be some ordinary schmuck. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. In the end, it's, it really is uh, these little things. Like what I realized for me is uh, just going to sleep on time and getting up on time is huge because if I don't do that, I don't sleep properly. If I don't sleep properly, I can't perform properly. And um, obviously, you're also big into optimizing your sleep. Um, you sell blue light blocking glasses, the Swannies, um, that, uh, yeah, that help you fall asleep. So what are some of the things that you did in order to optimize your sleep or something that, that people can do that are listening? Well, look, first of all, um, if you're drinking alcohol within three hours of going to sleep, your sleep's always going to be mediocre. I have this program, 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge. It helps tens of thousands of people quit drinking for 30 days now. And um, if you have a look, if you go to the site, 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com, you can see all the, these case studies of people. And, and one of the most common things that you'll see from people who have gone through 30 days of not drinking has been my sleep improved. I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up refreshed. I've got more clarity. I fall asleep quicker. I sleep deeper. I wake up feeling nice and refreshed. I mean, it's, it's, it's so common. I have this other program called Project 90, which is 90 straight days of quitting alcohol, specifically for entrepreneurs and higher professionals. Same thing. As soon as they stop alcohol, I mean, I mean eliminate it, overnight their sleep goes from like a 6 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10, which enables them to focus on their business and make more money. So quitting alcohol can actually make you hundreds of thousands of dollars in increased revenue just by sleeping better and you know cutting out alcohol. So first things first is like, just know you can drink alcohol, but it's going to destroy your sleep. So you asked me about sleep tips and sleep hacks. Yeah. Um, the biggest leverage points I see are these. Um, get as much natural sunlight as you can first thing in the morning because when you the sunlight hits your skin it tells your internal body clock which is called your, your circadian rhythm 
that it's daytime and that is actually going to help you fall asleep 16 hours later at nighttime. So you want to expose yourself to as much sunlight as possible first thing in the morning and then you want to block as much artificial light at nighttime. And blocking artificial light at nighttime is challenging because we live in a world where we've got lots of light. Now, I, I produce these Swannies blue light blocking glasses. I'm wearing them now. Some of you may be able to see me. It has the orange lens to it. And the orange lens doesn't allow artificial blue light to get through to my eyes. Because when you stare into an, to a mobile phone or a computer screen or an iPad, or you even brush your teeth in the bathroom light at nighttime, which let's face it, 99% of people do, then you are basically exposing yourself to that blue light, which is tricking your body and your brain into believing that it's daytime, which means your body does not produce as much melatonin, which means you don't sleep the way that nature intended you to sleep. Now, you may very well fall asleep fast enough. You may very well not toss and turn in the night. You may very well just wake up after seven hours sleep, but the quality of your sleep has been compromised by that light at night. You have not spent as long in that deep REM restorative phase, which is why even if you get seven or eight hours sleep, often you wake up still feeling tired. It's not because you got some, you know, long-term predisposed sleep condition it's because you were looking at your phone before you went to sleep it's because you brush your teeth in the bathroom night before you bathroom light before you went to sleep it's because you're watching game of thrones on a sunday night staring at that screen with its blue light so how do we block the blue light wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses i produce my own these are called swannies um they're being used now by um the chicago bulls nba team uh, some members of the golden state warriors the la dodgers the boston red sox the new orleans saints major league soccer teams um rihanna the pop singer rihanna uses um our glasses um arnold schwarzenegger um has a pair I was at his home in, in los angeles a while ago and i gave him a pair and he loves them so it's the real deal you know if you want to sleep well you want to perform at the highest level then focus on your sleep get as much sunlight as possible in the morning and block as much light at night that makes a lot of sense it's a big thing um it, it can be challenging because yeah like you said there's lights there's lights everywhere especially when you're going to a party you're drinking alcohol i was yesterday i was at a bar as well didn't drink of course but there's so much light as well and uh, the good thing about these glasses i think they actually look pretty cool. Um, they actually look really cool. Yeah. And it's a good conversation starter as well. And um, yeah, I really like them as well. Really like them. One of the other things that came up for me, and that's actually something that um, we talked about in our mastermind, is that a lot of us, we don't drink. But sometimes it's just so annoying that, that you go from one conversation to the next and all you talk about is defending yourself of why you're not drinking. Everyone's asking you, why are you not drinking? Why? So what are some of the things that, that you would tell someone uh, that is maybe something funny to say to brush it off so it's not a big deal so people don't keep repeating that topic because I've had that experience. What would you do about that? Like overcoming that peer pressure or just, I don't know, these annoying, uh, these annoying questions that just keep repeating themselves? Yeah. 
I get this question from all the entrepreneurs, clients that I have who I help quit drinking. And they always ask like, what do I do when, when I'm going out with clients and clients want me to drink or my, I'm going out with friends and friends are hassling me to drink or they've got colleagues on a Friday night who are wanting to go out and a drink. And, and then you say, oh, I'm not drinking. And they go, go on, just have one. What do you mean you're not drinking? But it's my birthday, but it's the Christmas party, but it's my wedding, as my kids are christening but it's the weekend, but it's the game, but we've got the corporate box with the open bar, you got to drink, blah, 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 blah. So what I tell them is this, is the way with which you share to, with people that you are not drinking is far more important than the words that you actually say. If you say to people, I'm not drinking, and you come across, you, you, you put that across in a way which kind of like feels like it sucks not to drink, and that you're going through hell because you're not drinking. Then, of course, you're telling yourself that alcohol is fun and joyous and pleasurable. And by not drinking, you're in a prison. You're also telling the people who you're with that drinking is fun and pleasurable, but you're in a prison because you're not drinking. And then, of course, they're going to go, go on, just have one. Drinking's fun. It's okay. It's my birthday to think. Come on, what are you talking about? But if you come across or you share that you're not drinking with fun and lightheartedness and confidence and with a big smile on your face and you still have not only fun, but the most fun and you're the most charming and most connected and their questions and their relentless quizzing of you of why you're not drinking, you just meet with mild curiosity with a smirk on your face then people very quickly drop it and they just move on to their favorite topic, which is themselves. And no one really cares. So I'll give you two scenarios. Scenario one, you say to me, hey, James, oh, I'll get you a drink, mate. Wanna, what do you want, a beer, wine? What are you having? Oh, no, nah, thanks. Though. I'm not drinking at the, at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a break. And then you say, what are you talking about? It's my birthday. It's my birthday. What are you, we're celebrating. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm, I'm taking a break. I've hit it too hard. I'm doing this 30-day no alcohol challenge that this weird Australian guy created. And I'm on day 20. And no, nah, no. Nah, I've only got 10 days to go. I've just got, I've just got to get through the next 10 days. Oh, go on. Just have one. You'll be right. You've done 20 days. Jeez, go on. Just have one. And so forth and so forth, right? negative i'm in prison this sucks i can't believe i'm not drinking everyone else gets to have fun here's scenario two g'day james how you doing mate you want to want a beer or wine or something what, what can i get you oh no i'm great actually actually can you just grab grab your soda water that'd be awesome what what do you mean you're not you're not drinking no 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 i'm not drinking at the moment i'm just uh drinking some soda water and water i've actually lost a few pounds i'm feeling pretty good though but uh Soda water would be awesome, mate. Oh, go on, mate. Just have wine. You'll be fine. It's my birthday. I know it's your birthday. I'm going to drink you under the table with these soda waters tonight. Watch me. I'm going to dance. I'm going to be jumping on these tables. I will go toe to toe. I'll tell you what. For every beer you drink, I will drink a pint of this ice cold crispy water. Are you on? You want to have a competition? Let's do it. Blah, 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 blah. Right? So lightheartedness, fun, jokey. They soon drop it. They don't care 
that you're drinking. They only care if you're not having fun. So demonstrate and have fun while not drinking and everyone will just go on to their favorite topic themselves. That's beautiful. Because uh, something I realized is that the friends that I have that uh, always tell me, man, I want to quit as well, I want to quit as well, but they're not, is because they have that, they use alcohol because they don't know how to have fun without it, which is kind of sad. And uh, they just need alcohol to start talking to girls, um, yeah, to have fun, to, to dance on the table. And a lot of the people, they can't tell that I'm not drinking because just, I, just I just go crazy. Uh, and it, it, it's something that uh, it's something you have to learn with time. I think. I mean, I've had I've had people say to me the the night after, or sorry, the morning after a night out. Oh man, that was a crazy night. You were you were pretty drunk last night, and I said I haven't drunk in like eight years. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You were drinking. I haven't drunk alcohol in eight years. You were dancing on the tables and picking up people and having good on crazy. So yeah, that's because I got lots of energy because I'm not drinking. That's because I know how to have fun. That, that's actually it. You have to know how to have fun without it, right? And one thing that I actually noticed is that uh, when everyone else is drunk and I just go along with it and I just dance as well, I kind of feel a bit drunk as well, even though I haven't drunk at all. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like that placebo. It's, it's weird, it's really fun actually. You save a lot of money, you save a lot of health, and uh, you still have a lot of the buzz. At least that was my experience. Yeah, I mean, it's not even, it's, you know, what, what is feeling? It depends on what your definition of what feeling drunk feels like. Because feeling drunk, you can be wobbly and, you know, falling all over the place. But if you mean by feeling drunk, you're kind of like feeling free and open, and then, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. You just go out and they should do it. You just, Here's the other thing. It's like what, what I found in the beginning when I, when I quit, um, I still went out. Like I still went out to bars and I still went out to things. But then, you know, over the course of several months, I just I soon kind of lost interest. My, I just naturally started to find other things more appealing. So I stopped going out late at night and I started appreciating getting up early in the morning and exercising and working out and meeting people for morning hikes and going to cool entrepreneurial meetups and, and, you know, prioritizing those kind of activities that didn't involve going out and, and drinking and having what now seems to me to be mostly inane conversation about getting drunk and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I see quitting drinking as stepping up a level. And when you step up a level, you start to attract other people who've stepped up a level. You start to attract people who don't need alcohol. It doesn't mean they don't, that they've quit entirely. Maybe people still drink, but they don't need it as a social crutch. And you also start attracting people who don't drink at all as well. It's, I mean, it's incredible now. That I, I, I have so many friends who rarely, if ever, drink. And I never sort them out. I never go, oh, let me try and find some friends who don't drink. I just sort out the kind of, people that I like to hang out with. And there's this phrase, it's like, be the type of person you want to attract. And so who you are and your way of being will attract a certain type of person. And in my experience, since I gave up alcohol, the caliber of the person I've attracted has just gone up significantly. And the activities that I do now, the thing, 
that the things and places where I spend my time tend to be more health conscious growth mindset uh, type places. Yeah, I have the experience as well. So when I actually see someone that doesn't drink, it's like, it's like you, it's part of the secret circle. <laughs> you, you click immediately. It's like, oh, you also don't drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's cool. Uh, what are some of the other reasons that you think why people are not willing to take the step and, and quit it? Well, people mistakenly think that alcohol relieves them of stress and anxiety. It's a very common thing for people to come home at the end of a day of work and go, oh, I'm just, oh, pour yourself a drink, just like flop back on the sofa and go, jeez, oh, tough day at work. I'm overwhelmed. Oh, when am I ever going to get this thing to work? Oh, I've got to get up early in the morning. Let me just pour myself a drink. Now, what happens is, is that, the alcohol creates this temporary illusionary feeling of pleasure. Temporary and illusionary. Temporary because alcohol turns into sugar um, and makes you crave sugary foods and carb-laden foods. It increases your appetite. Um, and it's illusionary because you mistakenly think that your stress and anxiety coming down is relieving you of your stress and anxiety. All the alcohol is doing is relieving you of your alcohol cravings, is relieving you of your alcohol withdrawal. Because when alcohol leaves the body, it leaves you with this feeling of wanting more, right? Because it's a toxin. So what happens is you think that you're drinking to give you pleasure, but all you're doing is drinking to satisfy your alcohol cravings. So temporarily for like a half an hour, an hour, you're like, oh, that feels, that feels better. But what happens is, is that your glucose levels go up. Your body's now working to try and break down the poison. You go to sleep. You don't spend as much time in that deep REM sleep. You wake up in the morning feeling dehydrated, tired, irritable, just a little bit. You're late for work or when you're at work, you don't take that extra step, make that extra call, do that extra deal. You snap at someone in traffic. You're tired at lunchtime. So you eat, you overeat at lunchtime. You order the fries. You get a bag of crisps. 3, 3.30 hit. You're like, geez, I'm tired. I can't wait for this day to be over. Let me go and get a Kit Kat. Let me go and get a chocolate bar. So now you're putting more sugar in to get this hit. And then you're just looking at the clock going, is it wine o'clock yet? Is it beer o'clock yet? When do I get to have a drink so I can stop feeling so crappy? And then the whole cycle continues. So then you get home, you pour yourself a drink and you go, oh, that's better. But really all it's doing is just relieving, relieving you of your alcohol cravings, relieving you of your alcohol withdrawal and keeping you in this vicious cycle that never ends until you finally break the cycle. So wake up. This is your wake up call. As Gordon Gecko said to Bud Fox in the 1987 movie, Wall Street, wake up, buddy, buddy. This is your wake up call. Time to go to work. So let me say it to you. Wake up. 
Stop relying on alcohol to relieve you of your stress and anxiety. It is keeping you in stress and anxiety. Stop relying on alcohol to be a social crutch. You don't need it. You can be a social butterfly and a social magnet and confident and fun and charming without it. Stop relying on it for anything. It is slowly destroying your life and keeping you in a lifelong prison of mediocrity. I'd like to challenge people that are actually listening um, that are familiar with this cycle. Yeah. To actually go check it out. The 30 day, no alcohol challenge, uh, maybe even project 90 as well for the ones that are really committed and really want to step it up because it is really that slow cycle that kills you, right? It's really that, Oh, I'll just do a bit of here, a bit of there, but it adds up. And then all of a sudden you just a six out of 10, like you said. So, and I can relate to that. I can relate to that, that fear of being average. Um, so yeah, I hope this wakes people up. And, uh, there's one more thing that I wanted to mention, um, or that I wanted to talk about that's a bit off topic, uh, but it's something that you posted on your Instagram and it was really something that where I thought, okay, I want to know more about this. And I think, uh, some listeners that might actually be something really very relevant, which is that you posted a pretty vulnerable post where, um, it was just a selfie of you and you had shaved your head. And I think especially for young men, some of, the, some of us out there, we're just not that fortunate with our genetics. I sometimes look into the mirror and I think, oh shit, am I losing hair already? Um, I'm 23 right now and I have friends who are losing hair and it's, it's just killing their confidence. And it's like, it's not a talked about topic and you know, you brush it off, you do a dumb joke, but actually you get more and more insecure because you think, oh my God, what am I going to look like uh, if I don't have enough left? So what was kind of like the experience that, that you went through with that? Are there any, are there any uh, yeah, encouraging words you can give others? Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with the headline of what I feel like you should do um, based on my own experience. I'm 43 years old as we're recording this. And then I'm going to go back a little bit and just share the, the, the story as to why I say this. So the headline is, if you're losing your hair, shave that shit off. Just, just be done with it if it's causing you that much stress. Uh, and don't take hair loss pills and don't get hair transplants and don't put stuff in your hair to make it look thicker. Just get a buzz cut now, get used to it, and live your life in peace for the rest of your adult male days. That's what my, my suggestion would be now um, based on my experience. I can tell you that my hair loss felt like a prison for me. Um, I was obsessed with it from about when I was 23 when I realized I was losing it. And then for 20 years, I did everything I could to try and keep it, including uh, taking uh, Propecia, rubbing stuff into my hair. I got hair transplant surgery back in the day. Um, I started putting this, this product called topic in my hair, which, um, are like little fibers that cling to your existing hair, which creates the illusion that you have more hair than you actually did. And, uh, I looked good. Like I did look good with all of those things. My hair actually did look good, but I lived in this constant state of fear that someone as in like a woman, a romantic partner or some other man or the rain would expose me for the fraud that I was, which is pretending to have more hair than I actually did. Cause you know, if you're getting intimate with a woman and she starts making out with you and then she starts rubbing her hand through your hair 
and you've got this stuff in your hair that's making it look thicker, that's pretty embarrassing. If you go out and you're in the rain and it rains and you get stuck, you don't have an umbrella, then the stuff that you're putting in your hair is going to start trickling down your forehead and down, down your thing. If you cut your hair too short at the back because you had transplant surgeries, people will go, what's that scar on the back of your head? Because, and then you've got this unsightly thing. Now you have to explain that, that um, you know, you were insecure enough to go and get surgery to change your, your, your body because of this. So it's a, you know, I did a, this was a big thing for me for 20 years, very, very insecure on it and, and really formed out of the fact that my father had was bald and, and uh, I saw him as a weak man for many years. And so I was like, I'm never going to be bored because that, that is, that, that means weakness. And it didn't matter how many cool photos, badass photos of Jason Statham people showed me or Kelly Slater. I was still like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then finally I did it. Finally, I shaved my head off and then I was worried about a big scar on the back of my head. But I found this place that kind of does, it's almost like a little tattooing where it can um, diminish the severity of the scar. And they did an outstanding job. You can still see it if you look really closely, but I rarely even think about it now because when I shaved it off, I all of a sudden didn't have to do all this preparation of creating the illusion that I had more hair. I was just naturally me. It didn't mean I, I mean, for the first four weeks afterwards, I did, I, to be honest, I didn't like the new look. And then something shifted after a month. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is the way nature intended me to look. And then the funny thing was, is that I would share my story with men and women. And in relation to women, I'd share the story with women. And I thought, oh, they'll think I'm some kind of pussy or something because of whatever. And they, they, they love it. Like they loved listening to the story and they thought I was brave and thought that I was, you know, had courage and thought I was being vulnerable, which I was. And women love vulnerability in a man. So I was like, man, this is unbelievable. I shave my head and now, and I share my story around my insecurities. And now all these women are like looking at me like, Ooh, how you doing? What's your name? I was like, this is crazy for 20 years. I'm worried about this thing. And then I shaved it off and, People praise me and, and then I don't even think about it now. I'm just badass. I look badass. I just look the way nature intended me to look. And, you know, and so, so take it from me, I'm 43 and I went through, you know, almost 20 years of, of worry and it was a waste of time. So I would just say, if you're losing it to get to the point where it's thinning, you know, a lot, you got gaps up, you know, starting to lose it in the back or the front and you're kind of self-conscious about it. Shave that bitch. I think that's, that's great. Um, Cause yeah, I know, I know people who, yeah, who are losing their hair and it's just like, man, do you want to talk about it? And they don't, of course, you know, it's like, Oh no, it's fine. They try to cover it up. And, um, but yeah, it is, it is a painful topic that not many people talk about. So thank you so much for, for telling that story. Like I really, I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of guys that, that are going through something like that, they, they're going to appreciate that as well. Uh, Cause it's a big confidence, confidence issue. And uh, it's also like, I see it kind of like a, as a, as a test from nature It's like, can you still love yourself? Can you still, you know, can you still, um, yeah, accept something like that and then actually, yeah, fully go with it and actually enjoy it in the end. So thank Thank you so much for sharing that. So where can people go and, and find out more about you? 
if you're interested in quitting drinking for 30 days, which is more of like a baby step um, program, uh, then head over to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. You can enroll there. Uh, you'll get a daily video every day sent to you for 30 days. There's a Facebook group of other members. I'll, I'll hold your hand through 30 days and just show you how to quit and stay quit. I'll, sh I'll give you some scripts on what to say to people when they're pressuring you to have a drink and, and I'll really walk you through that process. If you're an entrepreneur and you're doing pretty well and you're making some good money, but you know that drinking's holding you back and you could make some more and you want to get an ROI in your business from quitting drinking and you want to feel better and look better and have more energy, clarity, and focus, then um, you may like to be considered for my Project 90 program. I don't just let anyone into that. It's more of a higher level kind of program, but that's 90 days straight being alcohol free with a view to the fact that at 90 days you don't just go back to drinking that you make a shift and you remain alcohol free for you know years the rest of your life whatever so i'll help you get to 90 days you can reassess at that point decide what you want to do but the idea is that you get to 90 and there ain't no turning back because at that point you've made money you've done extra deals you've lost weight you've got energy you're feeling better you're socializing you're doing deals you're entertaining, you're like all that kind of stuff. And you're just rocking your business. Um, that's a higher level program. There's more of a financial commitment to that one and, and time commitment, but you get coaching and accountability and you get to go into a cool group of entrepreneurs who are all alcohol free. Um, so if you're interested in that, jameswanick.com slash project 90. Uh, you can email me my personal email address, james at jameswanick.com. Swanick is spelled S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K. And you can follow me on Instagram as well, which is at jameswanick. And you can, you know, feel free to send me a direct message there. Just say, hey, I listened to you on the podcast or the show and, um, you know, let me know what resonated with you or ask me any questions about drinking or the programs and I'll be happy to, happy to get back to you. I reply to every, every message. So. Beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing uh, all your knowledge, your stories, your experience. And uh, yeah, wishing you all the best for the future. Thank you so much. Great to, to have. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, I was going to say. And um, good work. You asked great questions. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.